I V M. Folks, welcome to Pesa Pesa. I'm your host Shalukam Gupta, B50 on Twitter, and I hope that you are staying safe in these really troubled times. We just heard today that the lockdown, all India, has been pushed to May 3rd. All my best wishes are with all of you, and as always, a big thank you to everybody who's at the front line battling this battle. Whether it's the doctors, nurses, healthcare, civic authorities, delivery people, and anyone who is making our lives that much easier to live inside our homes, thank you so much for doing this for us. Okay, today's recording. We continue on Zoom, so the audio quality it is what it is. I would love to be back in the studio, especially with today's guest, who's also based in Bombay. uh maybe we will that maybe we will do that you know uh, as the queen put it uh, a few weeks ago we we will meet again i hope to get back to the studio soon but till then we are doing this on zoom the audio quality is what it is today's episode is a really special one it's about a topic that i've always wanted to cover for quite some time which is investing in international markets um and that too in what i think is the world's largest uh, index the s&p 500 and mozi aloswal is actually going to be coming out pretty soon uh, with an nfo that's uh, you know uh, for an index fund which is going to be mimicking or rather which is going to be tracking the s&p 500 so for that i have with me pratik oswal from mozi aloswal who's going to talk about the s&p 500 index fund that's going to be launched uh, by mutlal oswal soon of course before that we'll get into a lot of uh, we'll start of the discussion talking about the concept of investing abroad and how that works so pratik thank you so much thank you for doing this for us welcome to paisa paisa um let's start off with you know with your background how you know did you when you were in college did you think that one fine day i'm going to be starting an s&p 500 fund uh, <laughs> or you know, let's start from there uh thank you anupam um it's uh, i'm a big fan to be honest so i'm really excited to uh, have this conversation with you thank so you i i do hear paisa was all the time sure. and uh, in fact uh, i got into podcast very early on i would say 3 or 4 years ago when uh, i had a commute of almost 1 uh, and a half hours to work and back every day wow so i think uh, i'm a big fan of podcast in general and i would say a lot of my learnings uh, in, have have actually come from podcast uh, over the last few years so And anyway, that was just uh, yeah. But in terms of you know my background, um, so, so I'm currently heading passive funds at uh, Muthalal Oswal AMC. So it's something that uh, we recently initiated. I would say around six to eight months ago. Um, and uh, since then, you know, we've launched a host of index funds. Uh, I would say six of them, and we're launching a seventh one, which is a international fund, the S and P 500 that you spoke about. Uh, in terms of okay, my background. Yeah. Sorry, go on, go on, go on, go on. Yeah, your background. No, in terms of yeah, in terms of my background. So you know, I've been in finance now uh, for you know almost like I would say more than a decade. Um, so you know, worked for my first half of my twenties in more traditional finance, so investment banking, private equity, hedge funds. But mm-hmm. then my second half of my twenties, I actually worked in technology. So before this, before I was in Silicon Valley, where I was. Uh, when i was running a company where we actually built solutions on top of passive funds so we took a very simple passive fund like a long only uh, smp 500 and we sort of uh, wrapped it around uh, like an option strategy and sold it to advisors in the us so wow. we we scaled up pretty quickly started with uh, 30 35 million dollars went up to almost half a billion dollars wow. uh, in almost a year now so i think it, uh, it did pretty well and uh, we also you know sort of went to the entire sort of silicon valley Uh, sort of growth, you know, to VC money and all of that. So I think that was good fun. Uh, and 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 I, after I came back to India, and this was uh, I would say a year and a half ago, you know, I asked myself, you know, where are the passive funds in India? You know, 
you know, so because I wanted to invest, I wanted to, you know, I was, because I have had a lot of experience in them. And, sure. um, and that's how I sort of, um, sort of, you know, I think, uh, I mean, the idea was that uh, uh, there were a few ETFs out there, but the liquidity was quite bad. And also the index funds weren't really that uh, popular or tradable, so, which is mm. why we sort of, you know, started this vertical MOMC. Uh, and that's, okay. Yeah. So just to, you know, uh, for my listeners to get to know the existing Mutia Loswal funds better and also which of them are ETFs and which of them are index funds because I'm, you know, uh, maybe I've lost track, but the NASDAQ 100 was a really popular product of yours. So could you just tell us, the yes. you know, you said that there were six of them. So yes. which yeah. of them are ETFs and which of them are, are index funds? Yes, yes. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, actually most people don't know this, but uh, Mojilal Oswal actually uh, started their AMC business back in 2010 as an ETF house. Oh. So we actually launched India's first smart beta ETF way back in 2010. It was called the uh, M50 Remixed. <laughs> so basically, it was a Nifty 50 stocks, but uh, we changed the weightages and ah. we added some filters. Um, and so that that was a product that we had uh, launched in back, uh, I think, almost 10 years ago. And um, sure. I think even though we did well on the NFO, sure. you know, what we realized is that you know the customer segment wasn't ready for for that sort of product. In fact, even today, I don't feel. Uh, I don't see customers understanding smart beta as well. So, <clears throat> so I think the, and also we got phone calls from customers, you know, asking us, you know, why is this fund manager buying this stock? Why is he selling this stock? It's very hard for us to tell the customer that was, you know, there is no fund manager. You know, we uh-huh. have this uh, algorithm that's at the back end that's doing all the decision making. Okay. So I think that was, um, and I think after that, we also launched three, two other ETFs, one Midcap and one NASDAQ. Mm. So, so far, you know, we have 10 funds in total. You know, so we have three ETFs and um, um, uh, so I think we have nine funds and 10 coming up. So three ETFs sure. and six index funds um, and also one FOF, uh, which is a NASDAQ. And then okay. I think now we're launching the 11th fund, which is the S&P 500. So, you know, I okay. think if you include the S&P 500, you know, Mutila uh-huh. Oswal today has funds across large cap, mid cap, uh, small cap, multi cap, um, sector, as well as international. So, so the idea behind this business is to offer building blocks to our customers so that they can do or asset allocation, you know, for the portfolios. Okay, understood. So now, um, just two questions because I just, yes. you know, I I want to wrap up the first part on the concepts and then go into the product on the second side of the show. So first, just a very brief mention to our listeners on the difference between an ETF and an index fund. That's the first question, and the second is the concept of investing abroad because the S and P five hundred is actually, you know, and you know, someone in India investing in markets abroad so what is the concept and why should one do it first like i said the yes. difference between an etf and an index fund yeah sure so you know um, so i think the differences are uh, pretty uh, so let me let me uh, let me talk about you know um, etfs versus index funds you know what are the main differences and why uh, we have chosen as a group to go up, go more sort of passionate about index funds. But uh, I think broad differences, you know, ETFs are instruments that are traded on the exchange. You know, so ETF uh, uh, is, is basically, um, it's like a stock, but it acts like a fund. You know, so uh, what it means is that you know, if you buy a Nifty 50 ETF on the exchange, you're actually buying the top 50 companies of India in the same weightages as a Nifty, but you're buying on the exchange. So you can basically have an ETF, you can buy in the morning and sell in the afternoon and buy again in the evening. Whereas in an index fund, you know, it runs like a regular mutual fund. You know, so in an index fund, you know, you don't really need to have a DMAT account. 
you know, you uh, don't need to buy it on the exchange. So all you have to do is go to an AMC, you know, give them money and they'll give you units in exchange. So you can buy them once a day, which is end of day. Uh, so that is the main difference in an index fund. You know, you can set up SIPs. You don't need a demand account. And uh, also there are not that many intermediaries involved, you know. So, sure. you know, even though ETFs have done very well globally, you know, mm. what I've seen in India so far is that, you know, uh, if you see ETFs today, they are not the most customer centric instrument. And the mm. reason why I would say that is because, you know, today for ETFs, you know, investors have to go through a market maker, a broker, an exchange, a lot of intermediaries, you know. So, and what happens is, event, and what inevitably happens is that the investor ends up overpaying on, you know, so the impact cost is very high. So what that okay. means is if the underlying uh, portfolio is valued at 100, mm. because there's no liquidity on the exchange, uh, and investors end up paying 101 or 102 or even 103. You know? So today with investors buying and selling ETFs, they're actually buying it above value and selling it below value. So just to give an example, you know, in the last three or four weeks, the volume mm. on the exchange has been quite high. Yes. So we have seen differences of you know upwards of five or six, so some, sometimes even 10%. So, wow. so I think, um, yeah, so, you know, we sort of, I mean, and, and so we, so we had a call last year that, you know, I think, uh, and, and, and uh, even if you see the US, you know, just to give you a simple analogy, mm. the first ever passive fund launched, in fact, the first ever passive fund launched was the S&P 500 and that this was in 1975, mm. but ETFs came in 20 years later, you know, when the institutions right. start coming in. Okay. So, I, so ideally, you know, I think uh, the it's, it's a more customer-friendly product, and which is why I sort of we prefer index funds over ETFs. So, coming to the international investing, yes, you know, so that is something which uh, uh, is becoming a huge theme, you know, especially over the last say six to twelve months. You know, I think uh, so. We already have the Nasdaq ETF and Nasdaq Fund of Funds. So we have uh, both versions of the same fund. You can either buy the Fund of Funds, you can either buy the ETF. And uh, what we've learned is that, you know, apart from the returns, the returns have been phenomenal since day one. But, you know, international diversification as an asset class has really sort of, you know, I think, uh, grown a lot, uh, especially for the retail audiences. And the reason why I say it's grown is because, you know, I think people have understood the value of international diversification for their portfolio. You know, so today, I think one big conversation that everyone or most advisors, AMC uh, personnel are talking about is asset allocation. Mm-hmm. You know, so asset allocation is, is is how I think even if you look at the US, you know, mm-hmm. every portfolio is optimized by asset allocation. And the whole and, and the key tenet of asset allocation is to make sure that the asset classes in a portfolio are not correlated. Okay. You know, so for, for, for so what I'm what, what do I mean by correlation? You know, if you today, you know, we assume, including me, we assume that, you know, if you buy a mid-cap fund or a large-cap fund or a multi-cap fund, you know, we're buying enough uh, fund that will, you know, make sure our risk is diversified, right? But, you know, what happens uh, if you saw the last two or three months, you know, regardless okay. of if you held a mid-cap or a large-cap or a multi-cap, you know, things fell together. Mm. You know, so, and I think, uh, which is why, you know, I think people have realized that, you know, international diversification makes a lot of sense because the correlation is actually very low. You know, in fact, you know, for the S&P 500, the correlation of this fund is uh, 0.15, you know, 15%, uh, wow. which is even lower than gold, I would say, whereas I think Indian indices would be around 80 to 90%. So I think wow. uh, what it does is that, you know, if you add an allocation to internationals, you are mm. really lowering the volatility of the portfolio in a big way. And you're also, you know, sort of giving your portfolio some sort of downside protection, you know, in case there's uh, volatile events in either countries, number one. And number two, you're also hedging yourself of global market, of India, of domestic or uh, local market risk. 
you know what that means is is that you know today you know if you look at the world gdp india is i would say 3 to maybe 2 and a half 3% of global gdp mm-hmm. you know whereas america is close to 25% so all all of us you know are basically only playing in that 3% that entire 97% is something mm-hmm. that you know we're not even considering so i think mm-hmm. international funds give you access to that extra 95% and also make sure that you know if if we have any sort of local market risk that gets hedged out i think that is one big reason to why international investing grown and also i think even in terms of returns i think the main reason i would mm. say to why international investing is grown is because the dollar has actually worked against us in a big way especially mm. over the last decade so um let me give an example sure. suppose you know i had a friend uh, in the us you know who mm. had invested in india and i do have friends who invest in india Mm. Uh, in the last uh, say 10 years say suppose someone had given money in 2010 okay you know, so his or her his return you know would have been i think over 10 years 0.8% cagr okay you know versus the same investor in india would have made between 10 to 12% wow you know that's so a big difference yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a huge difference huge yeah. difference and 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 imagine uh, imagine it if it's uh, the other way around you know, imagine if you were indian investor investing abroad Yeah. So, for example, the, uh, just to give an example, the Nasdaq fund, you know, yeah. um, even though the underlying index has only grown say ten to twelve percent, you know, Indian right. investor would have made upwards of twenty to twenty three percent CAGR wow. the last yeah. decade. Right, um, right. So, so I think uh, so you're saying you, you're saying that the currency tailwind itself can give you about what one to two percent per year without you doing anything at all for that. Three to five percent is what the trend is. Wow. And this is CAGR. This is not absolute amount. This is CAGR. So, so it compounds every year that much. Compound, so you hold yeah, it for ten yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just to give you raw figures, mm. so on Nasdaq fund, and, and these are real numbers. Yeah. On Nasdaq fund, you know, if, uh, when we launched in 2011, mm. the fund um, since then the US fund has uh, grown around four times, four x, which right. I think is quite big. Yeah. Um, our Motilal Swal fund is up almost, uh, I think, six and a half or seven times. Wow. So the extra three x what you're getting, yeah. or three hundred percent. Yeah, is basically because of dollar depreciation, and you know I think uh, the, the the argument against that you know so why should I care you know why should I care if I get dollar uh, returns or if I have my assets in dollar denominated assets? The mm. answer to that is that you know if you think about it, you know mm. a lot of our spending today is happening in dollar. You know, so if I went to the same school as I did ten years ago in the US, right. the cost of the same education would cost me two and a half, maybe three times. Wow! So, so that's Apple, kind of like a hedge for inflation, also. Yeah. So if you think about it, you know the reason why the iPhone is so expensive in India is mm. less to do with how much it's increased in the US. It's more to mm. do with you know how much the dollar has gone against us. The reason why it's one one half lakh lakh rupees is uh, simply because of the dollars worked against us. So I think a lot of our spending exponential, or at least increasingly, you know, today at least a lot of people in the thirties and forties and fifties are spending more in foreign products. You know. You know, so we are buying um, Nike shoes or whatever. You know, we're, we're traveling abroad. We're studying yeah, abroad, yeah, all of that. Yeah, yeah, so I think yeah. it's important to understand that our goals, you mm. know, our future goals are also linked to that specific currency of that goal. So you know, so which is why I think you know, and I think you know, be, and even if uh, you look at experts, you know, mm. we do expect uh, currency to continue to sort of depreciate at least INR over the yeah. next few years. So I think yeah. that is a huge hedge, that uh, huge risk that you know, I think international funds. help uh, in in sort of mitigate okay understood so we're going to wrap up this first part of our recording right here we are on on the other side of the show we're going to come back with specifics of the s&p 500 index fund that's going to be launched
who's the of founder course, of yeah. uh, this uh, this uh, uh, mutual fund company called Vanguard you know mm. which today is uh, the world's biggest mutual fund you know so you what, what so what you're looking at is the S&P 500 you know which was launched in 1975 by a uh, and so now the S&P 500 is the biggest and uh, i would say the largest uh, most important i would say and also like in the biggest index fund in the world so just in times of scale you know let me put that in perspective you're looking at uh, a, a approximately 10 trillion dollars worth of money that's currently either managed or benchmarked with the S&P 500 so wow. just to put that in perspective the indian economy will be around 3 3 1/2 trillion dollars and you're looking at three times of the indian economy that's being managed by this or benchmarked with this fund so i think it's a very important fund it's a very important index you know and um, i think the entire passivization as a philosophy you know started with this fund uh, with this fund in 1970s and uh, if you see you know its fund is now mm. um over 60 years old you know so i think uh, it's it's it started in, i think the the first performance is linked to the 1930s um, okay. so i think you know it's a very long track record and the, the reason why the track record is very important is because you know today if i'm a 25 year old or a 30 year old 35 year old you know i'm looking to invest for say 30 40 years yep. you know at least you know for my retirement and what the s&p 500 is done is that you know uh, not only has it uh, survived 50 years you know where i would say three to three fourths of all of the funds have either shut down or merged it's also thrived you know today it's one of the biggest funds in the world you know i think if someone ask about how the us economy is doing it mm. was the s&p 500 so i think uh, a lot of historical significance and importance to this fund uh, so what is the s&p 500 you know s&p 500 is uh, the top 500 companies uh, in the us you know listed across all exchanges you know so i think one big difference that people ask me uh, between the nasdaq is nasdaq is only concerned with the company that are listed on the nasdaq exchange whereas the s&p 500 is i would say across all exchanges and uh, it's also all large cap securities so in the us so in india if you look at sebi recapitalization you know top 100 mm. companies are all large cap companies mm. whereas in the us you know the top 500 have been large cap companies so what you're getting is you know the top 500 companies in the us so i think um, uh, and and the reason why the top 500 is important is because you know, they are all very prominent brands you know right. so today if i i showed you a picture of of, of the logos of the top 500 uh-huh. companies in the us you know mm. this is the top, logos of the top 500 companies in india i'm pretty sure that the average person would probably recognize the us brands a lot better than the indian brands you know so you're talking about you know apple google coca cola you know pfizer FedEx, all these companies that have operations uh-huh. in India, and mm. I would say most of these guys are companies that we use on a daily basis. You know, so I think, um, which is why this, you know, I think so we're getting is some of the world's biggest and best brands. 
uh, the, and and just to you know point out you know even though this is a uh, i think where the, the the subject of this conversation is international investing and mm. even though the s&p 500 is say a us uh, uh, denominated fund you know it's a usd fund um, it's important to understand that you know i think 40 to 45% of its sales of all the companies mm. in the s&p 500 are actually coming from their global operations okay you know so what that means is that you know i think if you look at some of the top companies the fang stocks you know they yeah. in fact their uh, us businesses are doing steady you know 5 to 15% a year but their exponential sort of revenue exponential growth is coming mm. for their operations in say emerging markets like india you know, uh, india uh, eastern europe you know uh, europe, all of that so i think uh, okay. what you're getting is actually you know companies that are now global operations they're growing really well and um, i think that is what uh, investors can expect so it's a very diversified index and i think uh, when i was managing money for folks in the us Uh-huh. I didn't, I, and these are hundreds of people. I never across came across someone who did not have an S and P five hundred in their portfolio. So wow. I think it's become a bit of a default fund. So that is the S and P five hundred. Okay. Um, uh, Now, yeah. So we've understood the index. Tell us about the offering from Motilal Oswal. You know the 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 new fund offer, the <coughs> NFO that's going yes. to hit us uh, literally tomorrow because we're recording yeah. this on fourteenth. I believe the NFO goes live tomorrow, and it that's is from fifteen right. to the twenty third. Is it? Yes, yeah, that's right. So, fifteen to twenty third. So, it starts tomorrow, and uh, I think goes on till Thursday um, of next week. So, <clears throat> so in terms of you know, Mukhtar Oswal Fund, you know, so we've been um, so uh, so we've been managing the Nasdaq for almost nine years now, and yeah. uh, and what we've learned is that you know, actually holding stocks uh, directly is uh, a lot more efficient than you know, going through a sort of uh, if we bought say a Vanguard or an iShares uh, fund in the US. Um, so, in terms of the fund, you know, I think um, uh, just background about why we ended up launching this fund. is you know, we already had a nasdaq fund which gave people international diversification but one of the okay. big pushbacks came that you know the nasdaq is not as diversified you know, it's very heavy heavily allocated to technology stocks mm. you know, which, which which is also one of the reasons why it's done phenomenally well but i think uh, for someone who's looking to buy just a simple you know simple broad based markets a uh, broad based uh, index or a fund you know, the s&p makes a lot more sense uh, for the average person so i think that's why that's as for the rational towards launching this fund So, in terms of what this fund is, it's just, uh, it, uh, I think unlike the Nasdaq fund, this fund is an index fund. It's not an ETF. It's not a fund of funds. Okay. You know, so, by index fund, I mean it uh, runs like a very sim- like it's very similar to say a Nifty Fifty index fund, where you know, so um, uh, we will basically be buying the securities. Uh, so, we'll be buying five hundred securities on behalf of the customer. You know, in mm-hmm. the U.S. markets, you know, when they open at around seven o'clock in the evening. Uh, mm. And it will be run like a fund, so so investors don't have to worry about you know going through a market maker broker exchange. They can just you know sort of uh, deposit money to us, and we'll be able to give them units the same day, end of day. So so it's a very simple fund, and um, I think that is one of the key sort of tenets about you know why this fund is is very customer centric. Um, ah. the, yeah, in terms of uh, I think how the workings of the fund is are. Um, so you know so in terms of uh, I think one common question I get is how is the NAV calculated. Yeah. So, so in terms of the NAV, which is the end of day price, the NAV is a combination of two things. The NAV for today. So, if you put money, say today before three pm, you know, which is the cut off period, uh, you would be getting yesterday's closing prices in the US. Hmm. So, uh, whatever closed yesterday in the US, let's say, it, uh, I think that is as of two thirty am India time, plus today's exchange rate as of five pm. You know, so if you combine those two things, then you come to the NAV, and that is what the customer will get when he is investing, as well as when he is redeeming. So the so the beauty about this calculation is that you know most investors will actually know 
the NAV from before. You know, so they will actually know what price they are getting in uh, when wow. they are investing in this fund. Um, so I think which is, that's uh, something that's just not possible in India, right? Because in India, you have to give it during market hours and exactly. you will never know the proof. Uh, I didn't think of that. And probably there might be some bit of a opportunity, say, in holiday, right? Because 4th of July is a holiday in the US. It's not out and vice versa also. Exactly. Yeah. If it's a holiday, then you'll be getting the NAV as of, sort of two days ago or whatever it is. So I think that is, uh, I think uh, it makes it simple for people to know exactly what price they're getting. And okay. uh, and, and I think uh, it, it's overall, it, I mean, my whole, my whole idea was to incentivize the product as much as possible. And uh, just to, you know, I think, um, um, and sim- uh, just to explain, uh, so we, will, we, we won't be buying an offshore fund. We'll actually be buying the underlying stocks. So when you see your statement, you, wow. know, you will be seeing the names of the companies that you're investing in. So you are actually uh, holding equity or you know, buying shares in you know, some of the uh, world's largest companies. Wow, I didn't realize that. I just thought that this is, you know, you're probably doing a fund of funds kind of thing where you, oh, wow, okay. So that's so in, in, in the account statement, you'll actually get to see the 500 names, is it? That's right. That's right. That's right. Ah. You'll be seeing the 500 names. You, and, and I think the reason why we also have this, you know, because, you know, so as, a, as someone who, who likes passive funds, you know, you want hmm. to reduce risk wherever possible, wherever right. possible. The idea is to remove bias, remove risk. And, you know, if you're looking, this, looking at this fund from, say, the 10 years or 20 years or 30 years perspective, you know, mm. if you're doing a feeder fund, then, you know, there is some AMC risk involved. Right? You know, yeah, so yeah. as you're seeing, a lot of AMCs in the U.S. are now consolidating. And right, right. You don't want that complexity to happen for investors okay. in India. So I think okay. that is the risk that we're trying to take. Okay. A uh, couple of questions here. Okay. First is the obvious one, the cost. So yes. what would be the cost of the S&P 500 index fund that you're launching? Yeah, so in terms of cost, you know, so uh, the uh, uh, the TR for this fund is going to be one percent for the regular plan and uh, 0.5% for the direct plan. So it's going 0.5%, to be percent. Wow, yes, that's you. Yes. So you're still managing to keep it like really low, even for an international investment. Yes, yeah, yeah. So you know, I'll be honest, the costs for us are quite high. At least, um, I mean, but but the idea is to you know sort of make it available and make sure that you know investors are you know. So my job, I have to make sure that investors get returns that are as close to the index as possible. Mm. So, so I have to keep my costs low and I have to make sure my expenses ratio is also very low. Uh, mm. Because you know, if, I, if I give it at a very high price, you know, even though I get flows, you know, I'm not doing the job that I'm supposed to do, which is managing the mm. index fund. Mm. So, I think, uh, um, so I think the idea is to you know, obviously hope that you know, this fund scales up and, then, uh, and that's when we can start you know, sort of making some revenue. But yeah, so that, uh, we kept the cost low and I think the whole tenet about index funds is to you know, buy cheap, buy low cost. Um, yeah. Okay. And, yeah. What? Yeah. Go on. Sorry. No, and, to, and in terms of you know, I think uh, one big question that I get is you know, I think why should people buy index funds abroad? Mm. And uh, you know, so two reasons. You know, one is that you know, I think we all know that picking a fund manager in India is uh, harder. It is. You know, I mean, mm. in, in, uh, finding someone to manage money outside of India is even harder because we don't understand the local regulations. You know, the economy and all of that. So might as well just you know put it in a simple index fund where, where, where you're also saving fees. That's number one. Uh, number two is that you know what data says is that uh, in efficient markets such as the US, you know ninety percent of the active funds are being outperformed by the index. You know, so I think uh, uh, it's more to understand that you know I think uh, you know looking at say uh, investing for very long time periods, uh, hopefully for at least for five to maybe ten years time. Then you know it's important to hold the index where you where you're, where you're sort of confident that you know you will do better than most other funds out there. So I think that would and I think if you look at the US today, I would sure. say more than hundred percent of capital is going to say passive funds today. 
Okay, couple of more questions on the costing side. What about loads, and most importantly, what about taxation? Yes, yeah, very good question. Uh, in terms of uh, loads, you know, so this fund has an exit load uh, for up to three months uh, of one percent. You know, so the reason why we have a load is because it helps us manage manage tracking errors. So whatever money we make that load gets invested back into the fund. Good for investors holding for long term. And second is because you know we don't want investors trading in and out the fund. Um, the idea is that this fund should be a part of our asset allocation. Five uh, to ten percent minimum, and um, I think uh, uh, it adds cost for us if people are trading in and out. I think those are reasons to why we have an expense ratio. Uh, so uh, sorry, um, exit load. Uh, in terms of the tax structure, you know, so as per uh, regulations in India, you know, all Indian, so all international funds are taxed as debt. Mm. You know, so debt, uh, debt taxation applies for all international funds. Having said that, you know, if uh, I would. Strongly recommend investors to hold these instruments for very long time periods. You know, so if you're holding it for say three years plus, then you can actually uh, get uh, gains from uh, indexation. You know, what that means is that you know if you're paying a twenty percent uh, tax rate for three post three years, you can adjust that by indexation. So I think over time, if you hold it for three years plus, then you can uh, expect uh, the same taxation as equity. I think it's good that you know investors. I mean, and, and and it's a good thing because then you're pushing investors to hold this for a very long time, which I think um, everyone should. Okay, understood. The last question I have on the show: What do I need to sign up? Yeah. So, um, as into uh, to subscribe for this fund? Yes, that's right. You know, yeah, so okay. would you? It's like asking where would you be available? Yeah, yeah, if yeah. I'm. If I'm someone who's absolutely new to investing, believe me, a lot of people are these days because this fall in the market has caused a lot of people, at least the few braver ones, I would say, to actually think, ah, you know, I've never yeah. invested in in equity. How do I start? You know, so for right. someone who's absolutely new to the, the entire process, what would he need to sign up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and no, where I, should he go? Yeah, yeah. So we've always believed in you know, making sure that you know everyone has access to all these products. So. So even though the costs are slightly higher, you know we made sure that the minimum ticket size is five hundred rupees. So that is what uh, so investors can basically buy five hundred of the biggest companies in the world at five hundred rupees. So I think that is something wow. that's very exciting. But mm-hmm. and um, I think in terms of uh, where you can buy it, you know, so because it's a mutual fund structure, you know, investors mm-hmm. can buy it from any mutual fund platform in India, uh, which are offering NFO facilities. You know, so okay. I think uh, if investors are using um, say apps for. Um, um, For for investing, which I know now is becoming a lot more popular. Uh, We've had a bunch of them on our show, so I've yeah. said it often. If <laughs> yeah, our listeners so, have been listening, and they know which apps to go to, okay? Yeah, yeah. So we have so most of these apps, I would say, at least the major ones, have this facility. So I think that's a good thing. So on, so all investors can participate from tomorrow onwards uh, through these apps. Uh, there's also our website. So the MOMC website has uh, obviously. So we've had. Uh, So we have a dedicated NFO page, and people can just put in the PAN numbers and and transact on there. It's super simple. Uh, apart from that, you know, we also um, uh, people can buy it off uh, the exchanges, you know, which are obviously open over the next one week. And uh, I understand that you know there is a lockdown, so this is a it's a very uh, I would say unusual launch because you know um, almost every salesperson, every advisor, even me, you know, I'm watching this sitting at home. So. So I think uh, the the offline model is something which we may or may not be able to um, I would say um, uh, at least do it at this point in time. But what we've seen so far is that you no, know, I think uh, over ninety to ninety five percent of all I think um, uh, at least the transactions are now coming online. So um, so I think uh, um, uh, increasingly I think uh, the offline world is getting less relevant. <clears throat> so I think uh, we are 
as an AMC, we've prepped ourselves. You know, we've, we've uh, worked a lot of hard. I mean, I mean, I'll be honest. So I am more of the front for the AMC, but uh, the amount sure. of hard work that people have done in the company just to mm-hmm. make sure that this NFO goes through without any hiccups is absolutely phenomenal. So I think uh, that is that for me is the most commendable thing, and which is why I were able to offer this product at this sort of a time. Sounds good. I just have so I had totally I had missed out one question which I should have slipped in much earlier, but uh, I thought about it right now, so I thought I'll just ask it. The tracking error. What does that show? You know, historically for the simulations that you've run for this fund. Yes. Um, so, uh, so so um, I can I can talk about the tracking error of this fund, and I can talk about the uh, history of tracking errors of the international funds. Hmm. Um, so you know, in terms of tracking error, uh, one. Thing is to be, I think investors, at least guys who are new to index funds, um, mm. it's 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 close to impossible to uh, to get returns that are exact of the index. You sure. know, so there are there are certain costs involved. So I think investors who buy index funds, they need to sort of uh, know that you know, they will underperform the index by a small amount every year because obviously you have to uh, take into account expenses and uh, transaction costs and also I think um, expense ratio would be a big component. So I think mm. uh, in terms of this fund. You know, so um, we see two sources of tracking error over the long term. You know, so number one is expense ratio. So if sure. you're um, putting, if you're maybe buying a direct plan, so 0.5 percent is something that you know you should uh, you should assume as uh, the expense ratio. Uh, on top of that, you know, so I think um, this I haven't covered in the podcast, but mm. but you know, so uh, for international investing, so so when you're investing abroad, uh, every country has a separate withholding tax. Yeah. When you're uh, so that withholding tax is close to uh, for US, uh, uh, it's it's close to thirty to forty percent on dividends only. So mm. what that means is today uh, the S and P five hundred in fact uh, has one of the highest dividend yields, two and a half percent every year, and um, the investors in India will only see I would say sixty to seventy percent of that uh, over the long run. So the rest will be taxed out by the US government. So that is also you know that also leads to some tracking error. So I think these two sources are. I would say the main um, uh, main sources of tracking error. Yeah, obviously, there are short-term uh, bits as well, but that is something which uh, normalizes over time because understood. Can, uh, yeah, and also with our just to give an example of a Nasdaq fund uh, tracking error over the last uh, I would say three years um, mm. has been around 0.2 percent uh, uh, annualized. So I think uh, wow. we've, we've sort of learned uh, a lot, and uh, we're using the exact same frameworks and structure for this fund as well. So that's not much. That's that is that is that is good to know. Okay, so that's a wrap, folks. That is uh, Pratik Poshal from Motel Oswal, and we were talking about uh, the S and P 500 index fund that's going to be launched tomorrow, 15th of April, and it'll be open till 23rd of April. I think this podcast is going to be out on Monday, the 20th. We probably have three more days to go. I hope that was useful for you. And you can always reach out to the Motel Oswal guys on their Twitter handles, on their web page. Pratik, what's your Twitter handle? Yeah, so I'm uh, at Pratik Oswal eighty eight, I think. So yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm pretty active on Twitter, LinkedIn, yeah, yeah. Uh, so and there are a whole bunch people. of you. Yeah, 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 and there are a whole whole bunch of people from Motir Oswal who are active on Twitter, and they are quite responsive. Uh, I've had the pleasure of having a few of them on my show also, but other than yeah. that, they're you know they're they are pretty cool to talk with. So you can reach out to them. You could check out the website. The website already has all the documents that you need. And the usual disclaimer: please read what. Hold on, let me get this right. Please read fund offer document carefully before investing. Is that right, Pratik? Yes, that's right. <laughs> I, okay, so I think you missed the part where it says um, mutual fund uh, investment trusts <laughs> are subject to market risk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me say that again. Mutual yeah. fund investments are subject to market risk. Please read the offer document carefully before investing. And I 
seriously recommend that you do that. There are a whole lot of literature out there on both your Lowe's Fund website about the S&P 500 index fund that's going to be launched out there. I am really looking forward to it. I hope that this gets a nice, big, chunky AUM uh, assets under management and it gets a good response because believe me, this is the first time I think that we've got this route um, you know, to invest in the 500 largest companies in the US and an index that I believe, I think, is the largest and the most liquid in the world. Would I be right in saying that, Pratik? That is correct. That is correct. Yeah, you know, 10, $10 trillion is a huge amount. So, yeah. okay. so just to give you a, give you a statistic, mm. uh, three out of four of the largest mutual funds in the world are all S&P 500s. Three? Wow. Okay. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Fine. So yeah, that, that makes a lot of difference. And, you know, since our show is not really about market timing or anything of that sort, it's also, you know, probably a happy coincidence that uh, this, uh, that, the index fund is launched at a time when markets have fallen. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, all of us hope that forget markets, but the world recovers really soon from this crisis that we're all going through together. And once again, thanks to everybody out there who is fighting this battle for us. Uh, and folks, as always, stay safe during this lockdown, after this lockdown, and you know for the rest of your lives. And thank you so much for listening. That is a wrap on this episode of Pesa Pesa. My guest, Pratik Oswal of Mutia Oswal, and we were talking about the S&P index, the S&P 500 index fund that's going to be launched. Pratik, thank you so much for doing this for us. Yeah, thank you, Anupam. It's been super fun and I uh, hope to do this again. Thank you. No material on the show should be considered as financial advice. The material on the show is for informational purposes only. Please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision.